True Crime Reporter goes inside the Ella Crime Scene tape. I'm investigative reporter Robert Riggs with decorated former federal prosecutor Bill Johnston. You can follow our journey into darkness and get bonus episodes by joining our true crime community at truecrimereporter.com. Our true crime cases are stranger than fiction. With that said, here's a classic police procedural, a true crime reporter confidential. After listening to our earlier episodes about serial killer Kenneth McDuff, you have no question that McDuff is what FBI profiler Roy Hazelwood described as a textbook psychopath. But did you know it's not only criminals that are psychopaths? CEOs of major corporations, politicians, and entertainers score high on the checklist of psychopathic behavior. Think about your work colleagues or social circle. Is your boss a narcissistic manipulator with no remorse? Do you know someone who takes pleasure in hurting others and easily lies about it? Thomas Erickson reveals how we are surrounded by psychopaths. They may not physically threaten our lives the way criminals do, but they can emotionally destroy us. In this episode, I talked to Erickson about his book, surrounded by psychopaths, and how we can protect ourselves from them. Now, our podcast has been centered on a psychopath, a serial killer who is a criminal. But in your book, uh, Surrounded by Psychopaths, we learn that they come in all shapes, forms, and all walks of life. They may be the CEO, they may be your boss, they may be your spouse. Thomas, would you just start by describing or defining a psychopath for our fans? Uh, a psychopath looks like you and I. He usually talks like you and I, but he is not like you and I at all. He has a whole different kind of set of emotions, uh, usually not, not uh, uh, the same emotions at all. They don't feel empathy. They don't feel any regret or remorse. They usually don't get scared very easily. They have a really, really high stress tolerance, which is kind of interesting. Uh, psychopaths are obviously pathological liars. They are manipulators. They can make you do the most, let's say, stupid things you couldn't imagine yourself be doing, actually. Mm -hmm. But when they tell you, how about this and that, it sounds kind of logical. They are really kind of at, uh, let's say, presenting themselves in a really good way. They are usually very charming. And then there are also other uh, attributes. Uh, they normally don't look like Hannibal Lecter. Are they aware that they are a psychopath? Do they, do they consciously know they're manipulating people? That's, that's an interesting question. I think that's the first piece of the question. I would say, I don't think they think of it like that. Am I a psychopath? It's like asking a wolf, are you a predator? I'm a wolf. I eat. I take whatever I can and then I eat it. Uh, kind of. 
Uh, are they aware they are manipulating people? I would say that yes, because all they do is very deliberate. They don't just uh, by occasion fool you once or twice or just find a way that is good for them or so. They do it really, really on purpose. But they consider it their right to do so because the whole world is a big smorgasbord of opportunities for the psychopath. So why wouldn't he? I say he because and, it's usually know, a man. What struck me is that when you talked about that they're somewhat they they're fearless or have a high tolerance, that kind of makes them even a little scarier. Yes, yes. Uh, I mean, we've seen, as you mentioned in your intro here, we have seen not only serial killers, but we are, and 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 criminals of of any sort. But we have seen people with psychopathic behaviors. Uh, in, in in business, in in governmental positions, and what they are usually, let's say, they are notoriously fearless, I would say, uh, which is interesting in the high stress tolerance thing, which makes them really good at some things, to be honest. Uh, so they do good, and depending on what you are looking for, if you are looking for somebody with a with a really, let's say, fearless attitude when you're sort of confrontational towards your uh, opponents or or, or 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 antagonists or whatever they get uh, they get rewarded for this actually it is it's kind of connected to their constant risk-taking manner so to speak so you uh have another book called Surrounded by Idiots, but this book, Surrounded by Psychopaths, was prompted by, you You had a personal experience uh, with a psychopath. Can you describe that, you know, not with the names, but just tell um, our fans here what happened to you? There was actually a couple of stories, but the one I think you're referring to, I mentioned it in the book. Uh, my first book I wrote, I have written crime before, and after my first uh, book got published, uh, this uh, young lady contacts me via email and she asks me, how do I get a, to be a writer, she says, and, and could you give me some advice? As I, and as I think, I'm kind of a nice guy, so I usually I answer all emails personally. I still do, even though it takes me one day a week. I still do that because I think it's important. So I gave her a couple of advice, but then I was not interested in, let's say, building a longer communication. The only thing I wanted was to give her an advice and then sort of go forward with, with the next email and so on. But, uh, but she came back once again and once again and again and again and again. But I refused to answer. And all of a sudden I was getting these really hateful, strange uh, emails from people who would supposed to reveal my true bad uh, persona. And my uh, then wife got this, uh, this uh, emails from several people telling her that I was a big jerk, you know, and doing this and that. And, and then I got love letters from, from the first lady. It was all the same person. So this was extremely, extremely complicated. Uh, this was really, really, let's say, well thought out stalking. And she contacted basically everyone I know, including lots of really famous Swedish authors, which was very embarrassing for me. I went to the police. And they brought her in and they said, we know she's lying. We can see that. We can see it because of the data and her phone and, and her, her, her laptop and so on and so forth. But, they said, she is the best liar we have ever seen. 
because she looks like she believes her own lies. And we, we know she's like, we can see it there. But it's, it's extremely well done. And she's completely like this, you know, totally calm, totally calm. And she stopped like this when they said, we're going to prosecute you if you don't stop to harass this man here. And uh, that tells me she was, I don't have the official diagnosis, but if you, if you know what you're doing, then you can stop when it's getting too warm, let's call it, too hot for you. And if you are, let's say, mentally uh, disturbed in a way, you have some mental illnesses, then you just can't stop because somebody tells you. And that actually, it went on for, for I would say, a year or something. I lost 10 kilos during the process. Uh, I had to split up with my uh, then uh, wife because the whole relationship was just boom. It, it, it really, and it still plagues me, to be honest, because I still look over my shoulder a little bit. I don't answer phone calls that I don't know who's calling. I, I, every time I open my email inbox, I am a bit, a little bit like this still. And now it is, it's, I would say it's nine years ago. Still, I am affected, even though I know what it was all about. So it, in the podcast, of course, we're focused on serial killers, murderers who are psychopaths. But what you just described sounds like they're, in, in one sense, murdering your reputation and a part of your life. She was out to punish me. I should be punished for not wanting to engage with her. Uh, and that is one of the traits when it comes to personal, call it, let's call it, psychopathic traits, they can be really, really vengeful in a really, really scary way because they usually shouldn't care if you can't give them what they ask for. Let's say you don't pay the, the, the victim they can sort of prey upon. Uh, they would uh, presumably jump onto the next victim, but they don't. They have to punish you for not playing along. And they can do that with a real, real strong, let's say, uh, well, it's, it's, it's hard to describe, but they, they just don't give in. And you have to skip all the logical thinking. No logic is, 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 is uh, useful here. I have, I have helped people with this. I mean, I have this lady who, who separated from her husband. And he was not violent, but he was definitely psychopathic. And he did so many completely, utterly so strange things in order to just confuse everybody around her. And he, he went on for, I would say, five or six years before he finally kind of get on with his life. It's really, really confusing. If you don't understand psychopathy, you cannot understand what they are up to because it is so strange and unlogical and, and completely weird, actually, in a way. In your book, you describe uh, four personality types and, and you walk us through uh, how a psychopath can exploit them and manipulate them. Would you walk me through that? Let's just, I, I, you have compliance, dominance, stability, uh, influence when you talk about, per can we go through each of those, what that personality is so that our, our fans listening might be able to identify, is that me? And I know that you, you talk about, usually we're made up of two of those type of personalities. And then understand how they could how they might be exploited and how they can defend themselves. So I'll let you start with the type you want to. Okay. Uh, well, let's start with the first type, uh, the red one, the dominant one. 
who is uh, task-oriented and extrovert. And uh, he or she is, uh, well, dominance. They are, are kind of um, viewing themselves as winners. They, they are strong-willed, really, really decisive. They love to compete. They need to, to perform really well. They put high demands on other people, but also on themselves. They work really, really hard. And they, they get really bored when the task is getting kind of, you know, uh, static. They, they, they need, a, let's call it not drama, maybe, that has, things has to happen. There has to be some energy in the room, otherwise they're going to get bored really quick. I, I'm out of journalism, and I've got the podcast. And I can tell you that producers and crew that worked around me and the current podcast team, they would say, Robert, he is talking about you. Now, it's hard to imagine that somebody could take advantage of me. Well, you seem like a really, really nice person. I don't know you very well. But just to have this stated, everybody can be manipulated by a really kind psychopath. Everybody. Definitely. And an example, just before we leave that, because this is important. I understand what you say. I said the same thing about myself. Who could fool me? Because one, I am so smart. Two, I'm a good listener. Three, I have a really, really good memory for details. I do. But I have been manipulated as well. Not by this person I mentioned now, but from other people. But I've learned. But the thing is, is even the, the grand, I would say, the godfather of a psychopathic uh, uh, research, let's call it, uh, David Hare, the Canadian psychologist, He's got tricked by a psychopath, knowing it was a psychopath. And he said, I cannot explain it. It sounded so great when he said it. So it is what it is. But anyways. Uh, well, the second I'm aware type, of his work with the FBI yes. profilers. It, that's pretty amazing if someone like that could get manipulated. Yes. Another guy, uh, what was his name? This uh, British, uh, I don't remember. But, but he... He diagnosed the psychopath himself. And then that psychopath made him hand over his Mercedes keys. And of course, he never saw his car again. And he said, I cannot explain this. This is just totally whack. I, I, I don't understand what happened. But he, he said he, he had changed. He had learned, you know, and this and that. So, so it, it's, it's really, it's, every time I talk about psychopathy, just this passage, it, it's, it's usually people who haven't looked into it say, Things like, well, if I met Hannibal Lecter, I would, of course, recognize that kind of person. But they don't look like Hannibal Lecter. They look like you and I. They are nice, neatly dressed, you know, and, and, and they comb their hair and they are stylish, smiling, look really friendly and so on. And they can, bring, they can invest a year in winning your, your confidence. Your, your, yes, uh, yes. Uh, exactly. So, so because some of them make long-term plans as well. I've seen this in the serial killers. Um, yeah. I, I, being, you know, covering the trials, them and stuff, I could stand, I think they could be standing next to me at the grocery store. I'd never know it. It's only once they know, we know their crimes that we kind of project this monster image on them. Oh, they're so scary. But I can tell you, they, I've, you know, talk to people that work with them, they weren't scary. They weren't scary looking. Usually not. I am following this, yeah. uh, me and my wife, we're watching this series on, on Netflix right now. Maybe you've seen it, The Serpent, it's called. And uh, It's about the, this it's a, 
mostly based on true stories. Some psychopathic uh, uh, person yeah. uh, walking around in Far East, uh, early 70s, I think it is, late 60s, early 70s. And it's so well done. It is really, really catching the psychopathic mind. He looks good, he is nice, pleasant, very charming, you know. Not right. threatful at all. But when you get to know him, it's really, really scary. That's really a good series. I can recommend it, The Serpent. So we're discussing the dominance personality. Uh, how does a psychopath manipulate that and how do I recognize it? A psychopath, usually the, the dominant type, the red type, the dominant type, they are kind of more scary to a lot of people because they look you straight in the eyes like this, like this. They are, are very direct, they point with a full hand, they are really demanding, they can raise their voice, they can show anger, just snap like this, and then they go back to completely calmness, let's say. And a lot of people are kind of, scared is a strong word, but a little bit you know, cautious around these types, which makes one think, how could they be manipulated? Well, if you get close enough to them, because what psychopaths do, they sort of make, make magic uh, trickery in, in your face, just in front of your eyes. If you get close enough to the red personality type, he won't see you because he or she is not used to people showing no fear or, or, or let's say no, no uh, thoughtful thing because they're just standing there, you know, showing really strong self-confidence. And the red people like that. When they meet somebody they can kind of mirror themselves with, they will see, hmm, now that has to be a really good guy. He's a little bit, he's a little bit like me. So the psychopath will gain, will, will win your respect, let's say. And then he's got oh, you. It's going to take, take a while because you don't trust people just like that, right? You will have to learn to know one, one another and then you might... Uh, might uh, but let's say, give him six months. He will solve problems for you. He will do things that you don't want to do. He will take care of the, the, the boring stuff, you know. And he will just, uh, he will tell you, he will flatter you in a way that doesn't look like flattering. He will tell you that he admires your strength and your strong personality and your, your decisiveness. But he won't do it in a flattering way. Did you see a little smile on your face there? That felt good, right? It does. It really. <laughs> Some people tell me, well, in order to defend myself against a psychopath, I need to understand manipulation. So you have to tell people how manipulation works. And that, of course, I do, which is kind of risky. If a real, let's say, a young psychopath finds this material, he will probably learn from it. But that is a risk I'm willing to take, I would say. But it's, there is a way to, to get get to the red person or the dominant personality type, yes. And then how does the red person or dominant personality type, how do I spot it? How do I detect it? And then how do I deal with it, get away from it? Uh, you fire the person, you cut them out of your life. What's, what do you advise? That is the same uh, advice for all kind of, of, of personalities, I would say. The tricky part is to see the pattern because a psychopath that can might be using five or, or, or six or seven or eight different manipulation techniques because there are several ways to trick people into this and that. 
you need to look for a pattern. And that can take you a while, actually. Uh, it's going to take you some time to see. I mean, lying is, is obviously one thing. That is easy. But if you add upon lying, gaslighting, uh, uh, let's say, uh, random positive feedback, random negative feedback, uh, love bombing if it comes to relationships, if you mix all of these things together, it's really hard to see what's happening. Because if that person, he won't start by fooling you into something. He will, he will tell you and show you his best side, let's say for, for a year. And he will gain your trust. And if he has gained your trust, it's really hard to see behind the curtain actually afterwards. We've, we've been saying he here is a gender, but is there any research that shows that there are more Female psychopaths versus male, uh, any breakout that way? The, the science here is pretty stable, I would say. Most psychopaths are men, and that is usually based on the notion that men are usually more aggressive. Now, I don't speak of aggress aggression, physical aggression necessarily. It could be also sort of mental harassment and so on. Mm -hmm. uh, what the scientists claim is that three out of four psychopaths are, are men. However, I'm not sure that that is actually the truth because women can use sex as a weapon in a way that men can't. Uh, if, you, if you can't use that, you're kind of re restricted to certain things. But a woman can trick a man by, by sexual approaching him. Uh, and, and there's two things. One, men are too stupid. We fall for that too often, I would say. Now, that's a generalization. I understand that. But still. Of course. But yes. still. Uh, and the second thing is, if a man gets tricked by a woman, it's not necessarily the case that he will actually admit it. He might not tell anybody else because he will feel like a complete idiot. Women are more, they are better at actually going to the closest friend and say, hey, you know what, I think he's, he's playing me, you know. And that is, that is that one of the strengths when it comes to women. They talk to each other. They, they are better at, at building and, and, and retaining relationships. Men are just as good on, on those things. So women might actually, they have easier to admit, yes, he fooled me. He, he did that actually. I, I am the fool here. And men will play, still play kind of tough and say, ah, that was nothing. So suffering in, in silence, I would say. So I can't prove any of this, but that's a theory of mine. Sure. I've seen examples that tells me that this is more common than we might expect. Well, I've been in the women's prisons here in Texas, as well as the male maximum security, but the women's prisons had a, when I, I remember when I first went in one, it had a completely different feel from the male prisons. The males were kind of aggressive and in your face. But I sort of began to feel that many, many of the female inmates that spoke with me, they were, it was manipulative. They were looking for something. They were going to try to get something out of me. And I turned to the warden, and she was a female. And I said, yeah, am I right in this feeling? And she says, oh, definitely. They have survived abusive families and relationships by being manipulative. And, and so I look back on it, and I do, I do feel like I was among psychopaths as well, especially when I heard some of their crimes. That is true. And uh, I mean, the aggression part makes men more violent, which of course put them behind yes. bars. When it, when it comes to psychopaths and crimes, I, I would say the, 
the stupid psychopaths end up behind bars because he sees somebody with a lovely watch on the street and he will smack me in the head and take the watch. Now they put him away. Uh, the intelligent psychopath, he goes up to you and say, hey, that's a beautiful watch. And then he will make you hand it over. You know, mm -hmm. I put this yeah. in it. In but that is what's going to happen. And then he would just walk away and he can end up at, you know, Fortune 500 probably. Well, let's go to the second of the four personality types that you describe. Uh, what is it and how does a psychopath take advantage of it? The second personality type is the influential person or the yellow one. I use the colors in a pedagogical way. It's easy to remember red and yellow before the high D over an I with a low C or an ENTJ person and so on. So, so that, that's just for that. Uh, the yellow person, he is also extrovert, but relationship oriented. This is, this is the, let's say, the people's people. Uh, positive, usually in a good mood, smiling a lot, you know, uh, very happy, very friendly, charming, uh, uh, creative, you know, some of these people, they haven't, they are so, I mean, a lot of people are creative, I'm not saying anything else, but these people are so, they, they answer questions nobody is asking, to be honest. They, they solve problems nobody has heard of. Uh, they, they, some of them haven't touched ground since, I don't know, since late 90s or something. Uh, they can see things that you and I, we, we can't see it. They are phenomenal at just finding opportunities and solutions. And they love to engage with other people. They cannot stand, uh, they have a hard time during these lockdowns as an example, because they, they are really social. They like to socialize, not social competent, but socializing, which is two different things, obviously. Uh, they are persuasive. They have a way with words that is really, really impressive. Most salespeople I meet have, have a dash of, of, of yellow in them if they are not completely, totally, 100% yellow. They are good at persuading people and making people think that sounds fantastic. Excellent communicators. And a psychopath sees this and then what's their tactic there with that type of person? Their tactic. What I would do if I was a psychopath and I want something from that, it depends on what the goal is, obviously. But let's say a yellow person is engaged with probably 500 people at the same time. The yellow person, the influential type, he or she is speaking to lots of people all the time, which is a threat to the psychopath, I would say, because lots of friends means it's hard to get at them. It's hard to sort of... Uh, um, win them over because they have so many people backing them up because they are usually popular, I would say. Uh, so the psychopath would start with isolation, start with trying to isolate the other person from his closest friends, from his family, from from his his uh, co-workers, if he's at if it's at work, from his boss or from from the staff if it is the boss. Uh, there's many ways that you can do that. You can actually kind of uh, place doubt. I heard Henry over there, he spoke not really positively about you. You should be, be care careful with Henry, you know. And the yellow person would say, Henry, he's my oldest friend. I've known him since, you know, way back. No, no, he said this and that about you, and you, you, better, you better watch out because I think he's, he's on to you, you know. And, and obviously this doesn't happen the at the first encounter, again, the psychopath might invest six or, or 12 months in 
winning the other person's trust and sort of getting really, really close, and then the manipulation starts. I usually take the, the, the most extreme example of psychopathy is probably, uh, uh, probably Germany in the, in the 30s, 1930s. Hitler would not have been able to do what he did if he had started shouting and yelling and telling we are going to war and so on. People would not have listened to him, but he didn't stop there. He started somewhere completely different, in a different place. The things he said to begin with sounded kind of, kind of sound actually. But we know what happened. It's the same thing in, in, in the smaller, smaller uh, perspective. Uh, and when the, the psychopath has isolated the other person, then he's kind of, you know, in his grasp, he can do basically whatever. Because now I am your only friend. You only have me, you have nobody else because they don't like you, you know. So you better turn to me whenever there is something. It sounds like the victims of this get caught in a spider web. And there becomes a point where they're being stung to death. I mean, that what's suddenly what happens if people suddenly realize I'm in trouble here, or is it? it, it or have their lives already been devastated? It's a hard question to answer. Actually, it depends on where in the process you are. There are are, are lots of people with uh, PTSD, I would say, who usually have suffered from some strangeness in their relationship to others. Uh, PTSD is usually, it starts usually with a bad relationship in one way or another. This we know. It's not the only uh, occasions, but that's really, really usual. Uh, usual. Uh, then it's usually too late. Actually, this morning, I got an email from, uh, from California, actually, from San Francisco, uh, a lady, lady writing to me. I get emails every week literally every week, sometimes every day from people saying, I met this psychopath, he did this and that and so on. And I right. used to think, might not be a psychopath. You're not trained, you know, but okay, that was a really unpleasant uh, encounter. This lady, she wrote to me that she had a psychopath uh, uh, just over the street next door. And he had targeted, uh, she was uh, the, she had adopted two, two young uh, girls. And they were now 17 and 19, and he had targeted these two girls for five or six years. The police couldn't do anything because he never crossed the line. He just manipulated them and spent time with them and made them the enemy of the, the woman who has kind of taken them into her care. And uh, it ended up with the 19-year-old. She actually, as far as I can read this email, she, she took her own life uh, two weeks ago because of this. And immediately when that happened, he started targeting the second girl, the 17-year-old. And you know, then it's too late, obviously. And these things happen oh all the time. And the thing, the email was five pages long. So, so full of pain and regret. And people said, you have to get out, you have to move. But she, she went to the police and she said, help me, help me. And they said, we can't do things towards him unless he breaks the law. That is just the way it is. But the point with psychopaths also is that when the police takes them in and, 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 and interrogate them and say, hey, what are you up to? They read them their rights. They tell them what they can do and what they can't do. So they kind of educate the psychopath in, in, in what the law says. 
Now, I've seen that numerous times back here in Sweden as well. And it's really, really scary because they know how to balance on a really, really thin line here, you know. They are so, so good at this. And it's really, really scary. What you can do, if you see the patterns, if it, my advice is usually, as you asked, what can you do if you see or feel something's wrong here? If it feels wrong, it is wrong. You don't need any other explanations. You don't need to make up excuses. You don't need to look for the good in everybody. If that person makes you feel bad, he or she is bad for you. There is no way you're going to change them. You cannot treat a psychopath. You cannot cure them. People have tried and constantly failed. Because it's like saying to a little cat, don't go hunting mice. Don't. Why wouldn't he? He is a cat. You know, why wouldn't he? It's impossible for him not because it is in his nature. So, but if you feel something is wrong, the only advice that seems to be working is leave. Leave. You have to go away. It doesn't matter if it's your dream home. It doesn't matter if it's your dream job. You will suffer from this. I understand this sounds dramatic. I know. But still, there is no other advice that I can give. And I am backed up by plenty of research when it comes to this from the last, let's say, 50 years. Nobody has changed the psychopaths. They will slow down when they get older. But still, they are a danger, even though they are not violent. Thomas, we've been talking about the four personality types. We've talked about red dominant, uh, yellow influence. Let's go to the third one, if you'll describe it, and how a psychopath exploits those people. Yes. Uh, the third type is uh, what I call the green type or the one looking for stability. Not necessarily the stable type, but the ones who are looking for stability, which is not necessarily the same thing. These people are, they are, they are, uh, as the yellow ones, the influential types, they are relation-oriented, but introvert, which means they are more into themselves, let's say. They have a calmer kind of energy. They are fine with observing and looking instead of being in the middle of the, in the center of the action, so to speak. They don't like attention, actually. They would like to really sit in the corner to, to watch what the, the other people are doing because... When everybody's looking at them, they get a little bit stressed, actually. They don't like changes. They like, uh, again, stability. Changes, especially quick ones, are really stressing them, to be honest. So therefore, these, these are the people who used to say it was better before. Yeah, but it was. It was much, much better before. Uh, you know, you know what to expect. You know, the world was easier and, and everything was cheaper and... and the sun was shining a little bit more and everybody was agreeing on everything all the time and, and so on and so forth. And it's, it's a, while you don't, while you understand this notion, the rest of us realize, but that's just, you have forgotten. It wasn't always good before, but so, and they, they are really conflict alert. They are really easy to manipulate. I would say this is the easiest uh, personality type to manipulate because they don't like conflicts. One, one, one way of, of, of um, let's say, um, manipulating or, or 
trying to control this personality type would be to just raise your voice, actually. That ought to do it, because they will back away if you show aggression, because they really dislike that. Would do you find a psychopath is more likely to go after that person because it's they're easier to manipulate? It's a good question. It depends on, on, on a couple of factors. Of course, it depends on if this victim has something the psychopath wants. That is one thing. If he's just out there to manipulate and, and, and do harm, he can go for anyone because he's, he's, he's bored. But the thing is, it depends on how clever the psychopath is. It's, it's like uh, when, when you take, uh, let's say you have a gang of hyenas, you know, which, uh, which antelope will they go for? Probably the weakest one, the slowest one, the one with a bad leg, bad leg or something. That's who they will take first. Psychopaths usually do this. They are kind of cowards when it comes to these things. But then again, you have the really, really smart psychopaths who see this as a game. They will kind of, uh, they will, uh, let's say, go for the toughest uh, uh, targets because they like to challenge themselves. And again, let's remember, they are not scared. They are not afraid. They don't feel stress. And if you would like to play this really good game, why not target the toughest ones? Why not go for the red ones, who everybody is scared of anyway? So let's go for that uh, and see if I can just uh, get through with it. The problem, again, is that you and I, we are using logic when we think about these things. But we have yes. to leave that to the side completely. I, 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 I repeat myself now, I know that, but I have to remind everybody, skip the logic. This has nothing to do with logical thinking. So, but green people, the stable ones, yes, they are easier to, to control, I would say. Because even when they know they are manipulated, I mean, they, they have thoughts and, 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 and emotions and, and they are just as smart as anybody. So they will see the pattern themselves. But as they also conflict avert, they might not do anything, actually, which sounds kind of strange, right? But still. Yes. Well, let's go to the uh, final of the four, the blue uh, compliance personality. What are their traits, and then how is a psychopath going to exploit that? The blue persons, the compliant ones, or uh, they are good at analyzing things. They are good with numbers, details, facts. They love Excel sheets. They put anything, in every, anything or everything, I would say, in an Excel sheet, because why not? And you have it all tracked there. They like data. They like proof, evidence. They would like to, if you say, do you know that the moon is older than the planet Earth? That's interesting. They will immediately ask you, how, how can you know this? Where can I find the evidence for that? Well, I, I saw it somewhere. I, I saw it on TV. Uh, give, give, give me the source, please, because mm, I don't know. You can't say to a blue person, you have to trust me. We have known each other for two years. You have to trust me. Well, that's, that's something else. I know I know you, but why should I trust you? That's two different things. Definitely, the blue ones are the, the hardest ones to manipulate because they are really well organized up here. They remember things. They put things in order. They like structure. 
and, and, and they have usually a really, really good memory for details. If you say, I'm going out with Susan to a blue person, he will remember you said Susan. You can't come back and say, I was with Mary. No, no, no. I know you said Susan. Because, you know, so they will know. They will be the quickest person to see the pattern, I would say. But still, they can be manipulated. Again, everybody can be manipulated. On the blue compliance, is there a tactic a psychopath will use there that's unique to that group? It's harder, it's more tricky, but you can confuse even a blue person. Here I would use something called uh, gaslighting. And gaslighting is actually, it comes from an old Ingrid Bergman movie from, I think it's 80 or 90 yes. years old, uh, uh, where you present a fact and then you change it. Let's say you schedule a meeting at uh, 5 o'clock, let's say, and the blue person enters the room and the meeting is, 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 is at the end. And everybody said, no, no, it's, it started at 4 o'clock, you know. And he checks his calendar, it says 5 o'clock, and then you have changed you know, the, in, the invite, so now it says four o'clock. And if you do that enough times, you can confuse them. Still, they will understand immediately something is wrong here. They might confront you and say, what's up? Um, when it comes to, let's say, working places, what psychopaths usually do, they use these, uh, I don't know if you have this term, useful idiots. I don't know if it's possible to translate it, useful idiots. Yeah, we do. okay. Yes. They, they, they plant uh, their persona within so many useful idiots in the working, working place and build trust with, you know, 15 other people, including the manager. And then he will turn everybody else towards the blue person. This can take some time. And still, this is just an example. We don't know why he would do that. But maybe there, he, he needs this guy's job. He wants the job that the blue guy is having. So maybe I can just, you know, make them put him away or, or whatever, kick him out or, or something. So you can, you can plant evidence for his lack of, let's say, competence or, or trustworthiness or whatever within the group. And if you target the group you can, and you can make the group turn to that person, what, what's the blue guy going to do, or girl for that matter, if it is 15 to 1? It's kind of out, you know, the game is rigged so he can't win. But that is, of course, going to take some time. Well, now that's very interesting because they have a target, but they're going to going to manipulate a larger group in order to get to that target. The goal is interesting enough. There's nothing a psychopath wouldn't do. Yeah. Again, let me re remind you and everybody who's listening: they don't have a conscious. They don't feel bad when they when they trick somebody. They don't care. We'll just pray for them. They don't give a damn about our feelings or emotions or, or, or lack of possibilities to, to provide for our families. They don't care. They don't care about us. We have to remind ourselves about this. And again, it sounds dramatic, but it is dramatic. So for our true crime reporter fans that are listening here, I know in your book you've got a checklist of 20 personality behaviors or characteristics for, it, for someone listening that thinks, oh, the, you know, I have a boss at work, colleague, uh, significant other that I'm kind of wondering about, would this checklist help them 
get a handle on this and realize that they may have a problem to deal with? It would, but you, you need to understand how to use it. Again, here I have to be really, really clear. Uh, I am not a trained, uh, I am not a psychologist. I'm a behaviorist, which is kind of a different thing. Uh, I am not a trained uh, psychologist when it comes to targeting psychopaths in that way. I wouldn't, I would suggest you can use the list as, let's call it some guidance and maybe you can find some explanations if something in, in one relationship or another doesn't feel okay, then you can use it as an explanation. Aha, that might be something worth looking into. But you, you cannot yourself diagnose a psychopath or a narcissist or a sociopath for that matter. So I just want to point that out uh, because that is really important. But, but the, the list is, as you mentioned, there's, there's 20 bullet points on it. You get zero points for if you never show. Let's, let's say, let's say uh, stress tolerance. If you are not stress tolerant at all, you will get zero points. If you sometimes are kind of stress tolerant, you get one point. If you're always stress tolerant, you seem to be managing whatever situation presented to you, then you get two points. The maximum score is 40 points, and everybody, including you and I, will score some points on the list because one trait is to be charming. Yes. A lot of people, including red people, are also a kind of risk-taking personality type, right? which would give right. you one point or another. I can, I can control my feelings because I have lots of blue in me. That would score a point for me. So we will all get some points on the list. And that is why I talk about patterns, because if you say, well, I'm looking out for serial killers, but I don't see any, so I'm kind of good, you know. No, yes. that's not how it goes. What you have to do is to see the combination of all these 20 traits, which is impossible if you don't study the individual. Some are more obvious than others. Some are easier to read. Uh, as uh, the example I mentioned just before about the lady writing to me from California, he was sitting in his front yard on a, on a chair staring at her. Now, day in, day out, just looking just to make her psyche go, you know, completely. Mm -hmm. And that is, of course, weird. It looks strange. Still not illegal, but, but strange. So that she observed, of, of course. Uh, but if you if you see if you get too many if you can tick too many of these traits in, in in each and every box, then you might take some precautions. If you have a sense of when I met this when I meet this individual, something doesn't feel good, something doesn't feel right, and you look at the list, and then you can see aha this and that that is not okay. Even though it is not a psychopath, it's just some kind of unpleasant character, some guy who had learned to manipulate people or have learned how to lie in a way that sounds trustworthy. Uh, maybe you should kind of back away from that situation, from that relationship. Again, if it doesn't feel okay, it isn't okay. It's just as simple as that. And you don't have to explain. You don't have to make excuses if you feel bad. The emotions that comes within you, they are always real. Your feelings are always true. Even though they are illogical, they, the feelings are for real. That has to be stated. So the real way to protect yourself here is trust your inner feelings. Don't rationalize things away, but trust what you're feeling. I would say definitely that. There are many schools in how to, how to do that, but sometimes it's misunderstandings. And of course, 
a lot of people find themselves in, let's say, uh, dysfunctional relationships for this reason or the other reason. There's many, many reasons for this, but but you, you can't presume you're living with a psychopath just because of that. But what you can do is you can try to act when it feels bad within you because of the certain situation, something happened, she told you this, he said that. Uh, confront the person immediately, the first time it happens, and say, hey, that sounded strange to me. Could you please explain what you meant by that? I saw you acting like this when we went to the Johnsons over there, you know, and I'm not comfortable with it. Could you please uh, not do that anymore? If the person is, let's say, a normal person with no, no diagnosis of any kind, then you, he would say, okay, oh, sorry, I didn't know you would react like that. I, I'm not going to do that. And you would see a change within them because people do stupid stuff all the time without knowing it. But again, if it is a psychopath, he will say absolutely. And then he will go back to whatever worked. Because if it works by playing you this way or the other way, why, why should he stop? There's no reason for him to stop. No win at all for him to do that. Thomas, is there any research that indicates just how many psychopaths there are in our population around us? Is it one in a thousand, one in a hundred thousand? Anything you can shed light there? There is. It varies. It depends on, on which part of the world you look at. And here we have, there are lots of data on this, actually, because the general, the general, let's say, what people usually say in this field is that somewhere between two and four percent of the population would clinically get diagnosed with psychopathy, which means anything about, about <laughs> this is also strange, from 40% of the checklist down to 30 if you're in the States, below 30 psychopathic traits, but not psychopathy. When you go to the UK, it's 25. Why is there a difference? That I haven't found any evidence-based data that backs up what, why did you regard it in a different way? It's the same checklist. The Englishman uh, interprets it one way, the Americans in another way. Uh, I don't know. I cannot find any evidence for this, why this is. Uh, what people usually say is between 2 and 4% of the population in general. And that's a big, I mean, Let's consider how many people is there on the planet? Seven billion, seven and a half billion. Yes. That would give yes. us. Uh, that would give us. Is it? Uh, uh, <laughs> how much is that? That's too many psychopaths and hundreds of millions of psychopaths, which is kind of crazy. Yes. Within within the the prison system, it's it's about twenty five percent. Again. So what are the questions we them, always? One of the questions we all always have about serial killers or psychopaths, is it nature or nurture? Do you have a sense on psychopaths or combination? Yes. Uh, psychopaths are born. They are not created by, by bad, uh, let's say, childhood or, or uh, they don't get better from, from um, let's say, bad parenting. That doesn't help. But the psychopathic gene is in the amygdala in the brain that controls the emotional center of the brain, to make it simple. Uh, and that you can see on brain scans, actually. You can see it on brain scans that they have, they have, have a different uh, 
uh, different. Uh, they are, they are, that part of the brain doesn't look as uh, within sort of everybody else's brains. The, the, there's differences there. And that tells us that it is actually, it comes from, from uh, uh, well, it's, it's genetic, to be honest. Which also gives us the interesting point that if you have a grown-up psychopath, then you have psychopathic kids as well, which is a really scary thought. But hey, the adult psychopath was a child somewhere back in time. And there are things that where you can see if the, this child has a psychopathic behavior or not. If you, if you can spot it early enough, and with early, I mean actually before the age of four, then there are some things you can do to make it a bit milder, so to speak. But you have to really work on this, this young boy or young girl, for that matter. Usually they show it by a certain kind of aggression and antisocial behavior in, in different ways. Again, trained child psychology, they can see this. But then again, go to a parent and say, I think you're nurturing a psychopath here. We have to help you. Which normal parent would say, great, let's, let's do it. I mean, it's a, it's a horrifying thought, right? Oh, but yes. still, it, it, is, it is a part of our nature. Well, I know the FBI profilers that have talked about in children, uh, they, I think they call it the homicidal triad of a child is uh, uh, cruelty to animals, fire setting, and bedwetting. Have you come across that concept? Uh, I haven't looked into it uh, really no. well, but I have read uh, si similar documentation on that. Usually yeah. cruelty to animals is one thing because, again, psychopaths usually target the weak. The ones with, with, with you know, the, the weakest spots. And, and I mean, animals are, are, are oh, this is, I mean, we, we have dogs, cats, horses. This is so, so terrible to, to think about, but this, this is how they do it. They usually practice their weird way of behaving on animals and then they, they move over to, to humans. That is what they do unless it can be stopped. It can be toned down, but it, it can't be taken out of this kid. It's like saying, if somebody is born with, with, you know, it's like saying you have to write with your left hand now. It's the same thing. You can't change if it's right hand or left hand. It is what it is. No comparisons, just an example. But it, it is what it is. How can you change that? You can't, actually. Thomas, the, the book you wrote that preceded this, which is something of a bestseller, uh, Surrounded by Idiots, uh, I think gives great advice about how to, the workplace and all. Can you give our listeners of True Crime Reporter just a uh, kind of a postage stamp version of what they can learn by reading that book? Well, the, the title Surrounded by Idiots is, of course, chosen carefully. It's my way of putting it as a hook point to, to make people interested because we all have been in those situations, those meetings when we actually think they don't understand anything. I'm the only sane person in this room. I am literally surrounded by psychopaths. Sorry, by idiots this time. Confusing myself here. Surrounded by idiots. Yes, but uh, so what I do in that book, I try to explain to people, usually... The other ones are not idiots. Usually that is not the case. What it can be about is miscommunication and misunderstandings. If you don't understand yourself, firstly, you don't understand how other people perceive you, 
when you present yourself to, to them or to the world or in a room full of people. So firstly, you have to understand yourself. Secondly, you have to understand other people because they are usually not like you. You're probably a nice person, uh, pleasant uh, individual and so on and so forth, but they are not like you. You will always be a minority. And if you understand who you are and you understand who they are, then all of a sudden, aha, then you have a, have a perfect model for actually saying, well, then I can tweak my communication in order to actually work this through. And maybe he's not stupid or an idiot. Maybe he just thinks in another way than I do. And then I used the four colors as a methodology, methodology to explain this. That is what I do. The book is called to contain aha moments. And as one guy told me after a public lecture some years ago, he said, yes, it was aha moments. There were also oh no moments. I also what, what do you mean? What is an oh no moment? That's when my wife says, told you so. That is actually <laughs> because it says so in the book. <laughs> So, yes, there are some unpleasant uh, insights about us. But self-awareness, for me, that's crucial. Also, well, protection Thomas towards Eric. psychopathy. Thomas Erickson, I, I appreciate you taking out time to talk about psychopaths and your other books, Surrounded by Idiots. Where, where can our listeners learn more about you and find your books? My books are uh, everywhere where books can be found on Amazon and in your local bookstore, I would say. Uh, they come in 40 plus something languages in 100 countries. Uh, <clears throat> I have a LinkedIn profile where I share my professional uh, things, Thomas Ericsson. You can find me there. You can always find me on Facebook and Instagram. If you just uh, put in surrounded by edits, you will probably, I will probably end up on your screen, I would say. So, so, uh, so, yes, so you're welcome. I, I try to share as much material when it comes to behaviors and communication and all these things as much as I can. So, please. Thank you so much. If you ever come to the States, uh, please come to Texas and we'll put you on a horse. You would love to come to Texas. That I can promise you. The horse, I don't know. Try to right. convince me. I will be happy to. Thank you so thank much. You we appreciate it. Bye-bye. Thank you. We want to be your favorite true crime podcast, so please recommend us to your friends and leave a review wherever you listen. If you want to receive updates and bonus interviews, join our true crime community at truecrimereporter.com. If you have suggestions or know of a case that we should look into, email us at fan at truecrimereporter.com. This podcast is a trademarked and copyrighted news organization based in Dallas, Texas. You can read more about our news team at truecrimereporter.com. Thanks for listening to our Journey into Darkness.